This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of March 9th, 2019. Why does this whiskey require flannel and a sense of irony to drink? The brewing merger in Saugatuck Brewing forms ahead. Oh, the urbanity! Harpoon is taking a stab at the hard seltzer game. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get right into it. And I apologize for baby noises in the background. Our son has a flu. First up, we have the Pabst Blue Ribbon Whiskey that's going to debut this summer. So Uh. just take a second to let that soak in. Um... In what could potentially become the best boiler maker of all time, ew, Paps <laughs> Brewing, makers of the beloved PBR, um, but is unveiling its own whiskey. <clears throat> Excuse me, whiskey. Uh, it's going to be an eighty-proof or forty percent ABV white whiskey that's quote aged for five seconds. <laughs> According to a spokesperson and its label, which was approved by the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, last week. After rumors circulated about the potential PBR booze debut, Food & Wine confirmed on Tuesday that it's indeed real and set to launch this summer. PBR whiskey will be sold in 750 milliliter bottles. Uh, Its label indicates a mash bill of 52% corn, 27% malted barley, 17% wheat, and 4% rye. Uh, Official details about the launch were not available at press time. However, the whiskey is produced by New Holland Brewing, a Holland, Michigan brewery and distillery, which has a distribution partnership with PBR, which we will continue to forget. It's 52% corn? Yeah. I don't think it meets the other requirements, but like it's 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 close to bourbon. Uh doesn't wouldn't is does the rye discount it from being bourbon? No, I think it's just not aged long enough no, it has uh, to or be in aged. fresh charged oak. Oh, yeah. they didn't mention barrels, that's true. So it it probably it But doesn't I fit. think the corn bill enough is enough to to that part is correct. Step one. <laughs> yeah. Step, Step one, one, yeah. But it's still surprising to see this coming. Well, it isn't, isn't. But I think that's the real headline here is that it is coming from New Holland, who is they're, uh, they're well into the liquor and whiskey game. So they are making pretty much every kind of liquor you can imagine right now. Yeah, and I completely forgot about the whole distribution partnership thing. Yeah, so um, if you are finding New Holland and you are not in Michigan, it's probably because their distribution deal with... With PBR, so that's how they are getting into a lot of markets. Yeah. Huh. Well, that'll be... I mean, I feel like we need to, you know, for science, trying to get it, maybe. (laughs) Just, I'm sure Casey will end up buying it, just because. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I'm curious about it. Uh, But at the same time, it's PBR. Yeah. Like... They make beer I don't like. I know, right? But so, so the thing is, like, um, oh, he said it's going to be $35. Well, okay, then maybe we okay, should try $35. it. $35. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy anything. That's that's like Jim Beam territory. That's, you know, real budget kind of stuff there. 
But uh, from New Holland, I do have to say, like, a lot of their stuff can be hard passes, but the beer barrel bourbon, which is when they decided to... So they take the bourbon barrels to make the dragon's milk, and then they decided to go ahead and put whiskey back into those barrels, and that stuff is delicious. Hmm. I have a bottle on the shelf and absolutely love it. Yeah, um, and we did say this was from New Holland, right? Yeah. Yes. That's... uh, I keep forgetting the weird connection between New Holland and PBR. Like so, they 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 handle New Holland's distribution ish. Yeah, for some of it. So does P- PBR exists in this weird realm? Uh, yeah, they they <laughs> technically Gypsy Brew with uh, Miller Coors. I think is what Chris was trying to get get to. Yeah, or maybe not entirely Gypsy Brew, but a One produ- of those- a, an amount of that production happens there. It's like the is is it somewhat like a McKellar situation? No. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't I I can't think of the McKellar situation off the top of my head, well, which like sounds where... like it should, should be its own show, <laughs> the know. McKellar situation. True. Um, but no, like we're just like they don't have their own brewery; they just kind of go around and brew randomly at other people's places. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, not randomly. It's just who well, they yeah, make yeah. deals with, and they gotta make make deals with big guys because they need lots of product. So, I mean, it's understand. I don't know. Just whiskey seems is not the thing I thought that they would be making. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. I, it's I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not cautiously optimistic. That's the thing. That you're it is to a say. white whiskey. So I'm assuming it's going to be something akin to, uh, um, marshmallow corn. What's that terrible <laughs> whiskey that, uh, oh, the Buffalo Trace makes White Dog. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, okay, I don't know. It's terrible. I have not tried it for myself, but it's a clear fine. whiskey. I just look at it and go, "You better come to me in a mason jar, and you better be like nine thousand proof." It's you know it, the the White Dog. Like it's fine. It just it's super corn. Like it. <laughs> that's all you really taste. It's like it, it's not that it's bad. It's just eh. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like it's going to be a whiskey I'm not going to be that that up for, but I'll try it. Yeah, yeah. I will probably try it at some point. Uh, I mean, New Holland's involved, and I like a lot of their stuff, but not all of it. Mm. And I guess I can just have to ignore that PBR is involved. Right. Uh, I mean, that's how that works. Yeah. I actually have no real problems against PBR itself. It's just <laughs> they came yeah. up at a time when like everyone my age either drank pbr or they were hunting for more exclusive more rare beers and i mean it's it's the whole hipster beer thing so it is it is um but you know you know what other two companies have a have a new relationship Mm -hmm. uh sagatuck and gonzo's big dog brewing that sounds uh i like yeah i I mean i like their uh their neapolitan so i like the blueberry pancake Blueberry pancakes also solid. They make a lot of stuff with with things awesome that are flavors. Kind of, kind of you know artificial, but you're just you kind of go with it. But their blueberry actually doesn't taste super artificial, which is interesting. It doesn't like that anyway. Sidetrack. Okay. Sidetrack. Uh, well, a pair of small craft breweries in Michigan announced to merge this month, pending government approval. Uh, Furry Viking in the chat is saying Gonzo makes good stuff. I have not had any of that. Uh, I would like to. I'm always open to new things. Anyway, uh, pending government approval, they're trying to merge. In a press release, Sagatuck Brewing, based in Douglas, uh, said the 
operating management of Kalamazoo-based Gondo Gonzo's Big Dog Brewing. That's the whole name. I immediately assumed that Big Dog Brewing somehow belonged to Gonzo, but no. But uh, Gonzo's Big Dog Brewing, uh, is uh, their operating management will be transferred to SCB, uh, SBC uh, during the next several weeks. Are you down with uh, SBC, Chris? I definitely am. Uh, I heard I Brady was, talking I was about really the... I really waiting uh, for a different, uh, different turn there. No, no, no. I'm really down with the SBC because of the blueberry pancakes. They bring <sighs> the blueberry pancakes out. Here, Bob. Uh, yeah, you know me. Thank you. Thank you. I expect one thing, and it's song references. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, following approval from Michigan Liquor uh, Control Commission... That's a hard thing. In an unwieldy acronym, the MLCC, and the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Tax Trade Bureau, the TTB, uh, the GBDB, will become uh, Sagatuck's Bre- Sagatuck Brewing Company's, uh, will become Sagatuck Brewing Company, the, uh, the release noted. So it seems like less of a merger, more of we own you now. <laughs> yeah. We run Bartertown. Sagatuck runs Bartertown, and they wanted Bartertown to include beers made by them mm-hmm. now if it's gonzo's big brewing company i know due to lawsuits there's not going to be a fuzzy feathery character with a long hook nose in the cover but there should at least be a cannon somewhere <laughs> or wrong, some wrong reference gonzo. to hunter s thompson what either one say? wrong gonzo there but yeah <laughs> it could be either I like uh, the idea of this, though. It, it does get me excited to see some of these craft breweries that some well, like we've fallen in love with around here. They're not regional, but they are, you know, out of Michigan, and they are from. Uh, spoiler alert: uh, some of Jim's neck of the woods. And, Michigan uh, doesn't seem like that far. Like, it shouldn't not. take that long to get to us. It's not. It's about the same distance as Asheville, North Carolina. Hmm. hmm. Maybe that's an idea for the next Drinktacular. Hmm. I may have. Uh, I may agree to that immediately. Well, they say uh, we are excited to be entering this new market and serving our beers along with other great breweries and craft beer bars in the Kalamazoo region. Uh, Megan's Sheer Corn, Sheer Horn. I don't know. Uh, Sagatuck Brewing Company's Vice President of Marketing said via the release, it's a great opportunity for us to grow as a company and continue the legacy of making great beer at this location to the people of Kalamazoo. And grow as a company, I believe she means be absorbed by the larger entity. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, isn't everyone... That's like if you go and talk to Golden Road, they're still a craft brewery according to their original owner. They never sold out, despite the fact that Indeed, they sold. They totally did. <laughs> they sold a hundred percent of their shares to ABM Bev. Yeah, well, I mean, in this case, though, this is this is small guy selling to almost medium sized guy, mm. like smallest guy selling to small guy. You know, it, it's. I'm I'm okay. You know, I guess I'm kind of okay with this. Again, Voltron analogy. They're going to form the legs, or like left or right leg. I'm not sure which one. Uh, maybe Sakatuk takes someone else in. They'll form the arms, and then uh, then they'll form the head, and then their it face just, will just pop out, going. and it'll be a lumberjack. Just keeps going. Uh, I think generally, like we just all have that 
it's probably unfair, but like any kind of merger or partnership or even buyout for that matter, as long as it's not one of the big three doing it, we're just yeah. like everyone. Uh, it's not AB Ibev or, uh, or Coors. Uh, Miller Coors or Molson Coors. We're like, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, you like, do you buy whoever you want. It's fine. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which is not fair, but it is what we're, it is. We are more forgiving of like Heineken buying someone than. Slightly, I don't know. I Only because, do. like, we don't really deal with Heineken ever, you know. I do True. think less of. Uh, I do think less of oh Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Yeah, that's know. true. But, uh, so they do go on here uh, to say Sakatuck distributes to distributes to thirteen states and several international markets, according to estimates of the Brewers Association. They produced eleven thousand and eighty-seven barrels in two thousand seventeen. Uh, for its part, uh, GBDB brewed 1,000 barrels last year, down from 1,514. So this may have just come at a good time for them to like, well, look, we can still be higher. We can still exist and we can get you know stuff in there. And yes, Furry Viking does still love his Wicked Weed. I enjoyed it the time I was down there. I did not find time the last time I was down there to go. That was more of a scheduling problem. Yeah, to be said, we did not intentionally avoid Wicked Weed. It's just we didn't even get to all the breweries we had on the schedule. It's just impossible. <laughs> all right. Well, I kind of want to say what else is impossible, but this is possible and sad. It's possible, and it did happen. Bourbon Distillery has lost 120,000 gallons of mash after an equipment failure. Equipment failure at the Barton 1792 Distillery in Bardstown, Kentucky on Tuesday. We could have made it down there to scoop some of this up. Cause the we could have been underneath these barrels, just like, come, come to me. Chugging it, or just like down on the pavement, licking it. Because there there's plenty of videos. You can that, find them that, everywhere. That alcohol will clean anything on that ground up. Just like <laughs> washing over the pavement. But on Tuesday, uh, there was a loss of around 120,000 gallons of would-be bourbon. The accident came after one of the legs on a giant 55,000-gallon beer well gave way, overturning the tank and spilling its fermented mash contents. Uh, two employees at the Sazerac-owned... I did not realize they were Sazerac-owned. Okay. Distillery were injured during the incident. They were taken to the Flaggett Memorial Hospital. Why weren't they taken to UK? I'm questioning this. Uh, where they, I mean, they may have been taken there. Who knows where they were transported to after that? Yeah, where they uh, were treated for non-life-threatening okay. injuries before later being released. As the beer well collapsed, it damaged two other fermenting tanks. Around 10,000 gallons of mash leaked into a nearby tributary. Uh, luckily, the tributary was dammed last year, preventing the majority of the spill from contaminating the Beach Fork River. Okay, I have I have a couple of questions here, and maybe someone can answer it. Maybe they can't. Okay. Uh, but a beer, a, a, a beer well on a basically the, on like a distilling the, place. Basically, like the bright tanks. So it's just a big holding vat for liquid, oh. and so like it's mash in this case. Right. Okay. I was, just, I was assuming it had to be since they said beer. It had to be. Some kind of mash equivalent. Well, remember, beer doesn't just refer to beer as in how we know it. It can refer to that's, many different versions. That's true. I guess technically, maybe you could call some of the mashing. Well, At one point in the whiskey distilling process, what you do have is a quote-unquote beer. But yeah. uh, the one thing, one of the big questions I had about this, and I don't think they address it in here, 
is uh, from some of the spills we've seen at distilleries uh, just last year, there were big fines handed out by the EPA for the pollution that ran out in, into the rivers. They're saying, yes, this tributary is dammed, so it was able to be stopped. But I, don't, I wonder how, like, how much they have to account for what happened in this tributary. This leads to a second question, which is, why are they not doing more, like, safety-wise? To like, I just assuming, my, my initial assumption is, like, I guess there's some sort of bit of rotten wood, and they just, it broke, gave way, and chaos ensued, but, like, this shouldn't be a thing. Things can happen. I mean, you it's an equipment failure. It, I know, hmm. I know. Especially when it's like in this case, it was an outside, like it was subject to the elements. So one of the support structures finally gave to you know the the rot and rust of you know our Kentucky seasons and came down. But uh, luckily, there was a Facebook user. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name. Was touring the distillery when the incident took place, capturing Re- after effects on video. Rishpreja so, Patel. Yeah, sure that. But uh, in the video, it it just looks like muddy water, but it is uh, bourbon mash, sour mash, that is spilling everywhere. I like the quote here that's under this, if you don't mind me reading some of this. I just heard a loud boom from one of the beer wells at 1972. It just collapsed uh, while I was touring. Picked up, uh, picking a barrel for a sprayberry bottle shop and was in the, the exact location where the line burst about 20 minutes ago and lost almost 60,000 gallons. Holy soup, because they blocked out three of the four letters. I'm just guessing at the word mm-hmm. Patel wrote in the video's caption. Yeah, so this is the first time Barton has had to deal with such an incident in June 2018. Half of one of its storage warehouses collapsed, causing 9,000 barrels of aging bourbon to come crashing to the ground. And that that took, requires me taking my hat off in a moment yeah, of silence. That took weeks for that, for that, like for that whole thing to finish coming down. They were trying to clean it up safely, and then the rest of the warehouse came down. It was it was a whole deal. We covered it here. You can go back to those episodes to find it. I can't I can't name them. It was just June of last year. Miraculously, no humans were injured during that incident, but a reported 800 fish were said to have died after a stream of bourbon flowed into the tributary and river, contaminating the water with alcohol. So that was a finished product bourbon. I remember that, that spilled now. out. Yes. Yeah. And when that hit the water, it killed everything in it. I just say doing a regular battering of those fish, mm, and uh, yeah. now now we got some bourbon battered fish. Just fry that up. <laughs> Man, I want that now. It's, it's fish fry season up here. Oh, yeah. It's officially Lent. The fish fries. Fish fries are happening. Second half of that warehouse collapsed the following month, affecting a further 18,000 barrels due to barriers installed after the first incident. However, there were no further contamination of the river. Wow. I mean, that's that's good news, at least. I just want but to sing. I think My heart will go on. <laughs> Uh, Well, I think it's time for the Brittany Walker Memorial Seltzer segment. Never have I felt more like it should be a memorial thing until today. (laughs) When I'm like not even on the video. So there's a a great, we're getting into seltzers. There was a, a, something that happened in Cincinnati seltzer news, craft beer and seltzer news. If you're a part of any of the craft beer communities in Cincinnati, you would have seen this. And it's, Hilarious and heartbreaking at the same time. 
I don't know. I, I'm torn. We're not covering it. Whatever. I just felt like I needed to say something. <laughs> okay. Uh, but what we are covering is uh, that everybody knows uh, the brand Harpoon. Well, they're going to be partnering with um, a brand I've never heard of called Polar on a forthcoming hard seltzer line. Um, I actually like the packaging for this, too, and the name. But uh, Boston's Harpoon Brewery is the latest craft brewery jumping into the hard seltzer space. The new product line, a collaborative effort with Worcester, Massachusetts Polar Beverages, is called Arctic Summer. Starting in late April, Harpoon will begin shipping four flavors, ruby red grapefruit, pineapple pomelo, raspberry lime, and black cherry, to its northeastern and mid-Atlantic markets, according to brewery co-founder and CEO Dan Canary. Speaking to Brewbound, Canary said that the new venture marks the first time a beer company has teamed up with a non-alcoholic seltzer brand for the creation of spiked offerings. That's true. You don't really hear about that um, too often. Uh, it says, quote, we had an opportunity to work with the leading seltzer brand in our market. We are using their flavors in these seltzers and they will be more highly carbonated, something that Polar is known for. Made with 100% cane sugar, the four flavors, which will be sold in six packs and variety 12 packs, will check in at 5% ABV, uh, flavored with the same essences that Polar uses in its non-alcoholic products. And they're going to contain 110 calories and one gram of sugar. So okay. one so single I'm, gram just to appease the sugar junkie. <laughs> right. But I, I'm a bad millennial. And why do I care that it's 100% cane sugar? Um, Just as in like no high fructose corn syrup. Fructose corn syrup. Yeah. I assumed it had something to do with that. But I was like, okay. Yeah, it's just uh, cane sugar is better than high fructose corn syrup. But then... What's better than cane sugar is getting like a, like stevia sugar. What's better than cane mm -hmm. sugar? No sugar. True. You know what's better than that? Molasses exploding out of a tank and slowly <laughs> enveloping a town. Oh yeah. Jeez. Sugar in the raw. Oh yeah, that stuff. <laughs> That's is actually so really good. Yeah. It is. Um, which is actually I think stevia sugar. So, and we're back. Mm. And anyway, <laughs> so uh, the introduction of the new Arctic Summer line marks the second time that Harpoon has partnered with Polar. Last May, the two companies collaborated on a UFO wheat beer brewed with the essence of Polar Seltzer's uh, Blueberry Lemonade. Yum. Uh, but even as that project came to life, Canary said the hard seltzer category still wasn't something Harpoon was interested in. And uh, clearly that's changed. So, um, yeah, uh, good for them. Um, it's interesting they're keeping it kind of local, uh, but yeah, I like that. I like everything about this, but I'm still probably not going to drink it <laughs> because I just, I, I didn't like the truly ones. Like I love seltzer water. Trudy. Yet we have a fridge like half full of them. So I'm the one stuck drinking them. I just, once I mean, you add Chris, the alcohol. That's your job. When you said no. for better or worse, <laughs> it meant drinking cases of truly. Hmm. Uh, Apparently, after we did the hard seltzer episode, which everyone can go and check out uh, if you're watching on Twitch, yeah, it's probably right there, just a few videos down. I just for some I love seltzer water, but for some reason when you add the alcohol, it's a totally different taste, and it just doesn't work for me. But mm. um, I mean, these flavors, like every time they introduce uh, or they announce, you know, whatever with oh such and such hard seltzer, the flavors always sound fantastic to me. But I'm just still. But the the flavors of the truly sounded really good, and I tried three of them, and I didn't like any of them. So I, I don't know. 
I keep seeing all of them, and like because of the way my window is sized, I keep seeing like the 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 ARC, and for some reason I'm just expecting to say Asi Berry or something, and I'm like, mm. no, no. Oh, do you not so like just... that flavor? No, 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 no. I just mean like I keep going. I, I assume that's what it's all going to be because that's mm. that's very that's uh, what everything that's is the flavored. Millennial flavor, correct? Yeah. Well, as he opens a can of Truly, onto some Truly terrible news. Oh, uh, see. See, still a segue. Craft uh, Brewers to the EPA. Uh, Trump's dirty water proposal threatens our livelihoods, which we're pulling from VinePair. The article says, in 1972, U.S. Congress passed legislation protecting the nation's lakes, rivers, and wetlands from pollution. Once described as America's most comprehensive environmental legislation, the Clean Water Act is now facing significant backtrack uh, following radical plans to announce, uh, announced by the Trump administration. Uh, we're going to take this moment to pause and say, I'd like to remind you that we are on a political show. Uh, beer is apolitical, apolitical, and so are we. As a show. Deep sigh. In December 2018, the administration revealed their intention to introduce a dirty water rule that would see thousands of waterways across the country stripped of federal protection from pollution. I'm assuming the opposition party named it the dirty water rule rather than the people introducing the bill. Uh on Thursday, a group of American craft brewers, including Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, Brooklyn, uh, and Brooklyn Brewing, replied to the letter from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, Fifty-nine breweries who partnered with the National Resource Defense Council, the NRDC, uh, Brewers uh, for Clean Water Campaign, claimed the Clean Water Act is vital to the health and economy of communities where we live and work and said the dirty water rule threatens the vital resources uh, on which their livelihood depends. I mean, clean water is preferable when you're brewing beer or fishing or doing many other things. It's got what plants crave. <laughs> Electrolytes? No. No water. Oh. Well, a copy of the letter uh, is in this article. We'll kind of read little bits of it here. Uh, addressed to Dear Administrator uh, Administrator Wheeler and Assistant Secretary James, we oppose the, your proposal to substantially limit the number of waterways receiving protection under the Clean Water Act. This rule would endanger critical wetlands and streams across the country, waterways that our craft breweries depend on to provide clean water that we use to brew our beer. Beer is mostly water. So the quality of our source water is uh, significantly ref uh, affects our finished product. Compounds present in brewing water can affect pH, color, aroma, and taste. Sulfates make hops taste astringent, while chlorine can create a medicinal off flavor. The presence of bacteria can spoil a batch of beer. Even small chemical distribution disruptions to our water supply can influence uh, factors like shelf life and foam pattern. What they're trying to say here is we need good water. Otherwise, we make bad beer. So there's a reason you see a lot of these brewing regions that have popped up where there are a ton of craft breweries. And it's because of the water quality in those areas. It's why a lot of those companies have decided to settle where they have. You see in Michigan, amazing water quality and water sourcing. So there's a ton of breweries there. Colorado, you see a ton of breweries there because there's amazing water sources there. 
Uh, if you want to look on the liquor side of things in Kentucky, you see bourbon because there is amazing water sourcing here in Kentucky to make clean bourbon. Mm-hmm. It imparts its flavors into the very thing that you're making. It is part of the product. You cannot throw trash in it and expect it to not be bad. Uh, yeah, furry Viking in the chat. Uh, the limestone water. It helps. It, it it's what Kentucky is known for. Uh, it and horse racing, and hillbillies, and racism. <laughs> I'm not sure what you said, but it's probably nice. <laughs> they than they what go I hand said. in hand. They go hand in hand. Uh, let's kind of scroll down here. Uh, they we're gonna skip some of their their various reasons for why this is important. Uh, we strongly oppose the proposed changes, uh, which would affect millions of miles of streams and most of the nation, nation's wetlands. Science shows that protecting these waters is important to the downstream water quality. We must maintain a clear protection for vulnerable waterways that provide our most important ingredient. Uh, We depend on you not to roll back safeguards established under the Clean Water Act. Protecting clean water is is central to our long-term business success. Moreover, it is vital to the health and economy of the communities where we live and work. Thank you for your consideration on uh, views in this on this pop, uh, important matter. Sincerely, in a list of all 59 breweries. Uh, n- name a brewery. Any of you. Sierra Nevada. On there. Uh, um, New Belgium. There. Brittany, about, any guesses? Oh. Uh, Cigar City. Uh, okay, no. Not. Recently bought it. Not. How about Stone? Stone or is, is Stone on there? Yeah, you had to bring that up, Jim. We already no. scanned the list, and they are not on there. No, Control F, no, Bob. they are Control not. F. <laughs> yeah, I know Control F. I that that pause was for effect to go. Oh, I expected them to be there, and they were not. <laughs> That was that was intentional, but there's a lot. So uh, hit there are pilots. a lot uh, names like Allagash, uh, the Alliance mm-hmm. Brewing Company, Asheville Brewing Company, uh, which we had to miss. We ran out of time when we were in Asheville to make it over there. Couldn't get to Not go all there. Of us. Uh, some of our members did make it over there. Smoke made it over there. Said it was amazing pizza. <laughs> Main Brewing Company, Maui Brewing Company, Naked River Brewing. One would assume somewhere called Naked River might wanna. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, uh, just hitting a couple others real quick. Uh, Star Hill Brewing, Sweetwater Brewing, Temperance. Uh, but yeah, no. A lot of a lot of breweries. Firestone are all... Walker. How about them? Firestone Walker. Yeah, they are on this list. Mm. Thought they would be. Uh, if they're wait. to the no, the... no, no. They are not on this list. They're I'm not. Sorry. Found... They are not. But Founders is okay. Well, I'll take Founders. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of founders, uh, we don't have the note to mention it anywhere else, so I'm going to shoehorn it in right there. Uh, next Friday, the 15th, you're, I think it's the 15th, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to see the release of KBS for this year, nationwide. So oh, keep Jesus, your eyes there's not enough time. For 2019, <laughs> Kentucky Breakfast Stout from Founders Brewing Company. Though officially not called that anymore. No, KBS is what they have to call KBS. it, but we know what it stands for. Just like we know what CBS stands for. Yeah. Just like we know what Rocky Mountain Oyster beer might taste like. 
Oh, no, we don't. <laughs> At least some of us don't. So uh, you all may have seen the, the headlines making the rounds recently. There's a Lucky Charms flavored beer coming. Ooh, everyone should be. No, no. We've been dumping cereal and beer for long enough. Everyone's kind of over it. It, it was. I a- mean, technically, we've been ta- ta- dumping some kind of cereal into beer for mm. breakfast cereal with marshmallows and fruity flavored crap. It's been happening Magically for a delicious. While. It is. It is actually delicious, and I love some of these beers. But forget that. That is that is a non-headline. That shouldn't okay. have been a thing. What should have been a thing is the fact that there is a testicle-flavored beer. It is real. <laughs> this this is the male equivalent to the yeast beer we talked yes. about Ugh. so many moons ago. Yeah, that was sometime, that was an unfortunate phrasing. I'm sorry. Sometime last year, there was a beer that we brought up. Uh, it was in like the Ukraine. They were brewing this thing with yeast samples taken from like porn stars and strippers. Their panties. Yeah, yeah from their panties. So you could Which taste adds, them. That adds another level of ew. And it came with yes. pictures of the girls on the labels so you could look at them while you drank it and knew what they tasted like. It was disgusting. This is a testicle-flavored beer. Let's flip to the other side. Craft beer flavors are maybe possibly definitely getting out of hand. One second, you're you're chucking over the Lucky Charms-themed IPA and Blockbuster Ale, and the next, you're side-eyeing a testicle-flavored brew. Yep, Colorado-based Wincoop and Iceland's Stegy? I'm it's not. always a Scandinavian country. It has it's to be. Always. That's, uh, so Evil Twin was with a an Icelandic brewer mm-hmm. when they did that big-ass money stout, which literally has frozen pizzas and money ground up in it. Yeah. But uh, they I both... I mean, does it, does it... Sorry, I'm thinking of South Park, but does it cure HIV? No. Probably not. <laughs> uh, no. They both created their own, their own balls beer. And we're honestly just wondering... Who's drinking these? Wincoop Brewing Company's Rocky Mountain Oyster Stout all started as an April Fool's joke. I think we talked about it on here. Until people apparently started actually liking it. Now the brands offer an annual limited release, so it's gotta have a fan base. Roasted with barley. Seven specialty grains. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Starian Golden Hops. And obviously, Bull Testicles. The oh. beer has a 7.2 ABV and a nice meaty flavor. So, meaty fate. Before before <laughs> the, the whole bull thing was brought in there, I was honestly going to be like, so does it just taste like vinegar or... <laughs> According to the best products, uh, the Denver Staple takes about six hours to brew and is stored for four weeks before it's served up. Uh, could we just store it for eternity before serving that? <laughs> Family run is Icelandic show a brewery. picture of the ingredients. Yeah, and there's just a big pair of testicles. We... Uh, they've also been churning out their own unique and seasonal bottles. Uh, the all-natural sugar-free beer, Hvaler, was created in 2012 in the town of... Not even going to try and say that. We're talking about Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> Travel and leisure reports. Uh, the brew is not only created with whale testicles... Listen... Whale testicles. Big balls. Whale testicle big. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. It's not small. No, no, no. 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 But it's also smoked in sheep excrement. Oh, yeah. I I remember that story now. We talked about that that beer. Uh, Each batch uses one 15 to 18 pound testicle. So they're definitely not skimping on you. (laughs) 
Oh man! Well, I'd hate for that to happen. You're welcome. I <laughs> the, guess the 15 year old in my head goes, "Wow, those are some small testicles." <laughs> so Sorry. yeah, get to Iceland if you want some uh, some quality testicle beer. If you don't want to get get you know shortchanged on your testicle beers, you can get a 15 to 18 pound testicle. Sorry, they also mentioned the Thority Festival in January and February, where they apparently eat rotten fermented shark, sour, cured, whale fat, ram's testicles, like their ancestors. Okay, Ludafisk is a thing, and from one of our friends who has drank it, it is, or eaten it, I guess you could say drank it, it's kind of a (laughs) jello, it is absolutely disgusting, and you never want to touch it. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. What a great note to end on. Everyone, swallow deep. Uh, drink. Take a take a swig of your Trulies and realize you could be drinking whale testicles. Yeah, everything that like you're this, doing right now suddenly sounds a lot better, doesn't it? This Lorelai has never tasted better. Mmm. <laughs> lemon you know and you lemon and yuzu. I, hmm. Okay. Here's the thing I want to see. I want to see a glass of that and a glass of Pilgrim's Dole. <laughs> and I just do a blind taste test and see which one I prefer. You, you just got to revisit it. Look, we we encourage everyone to revisit any beer you've had that you did not like. Revisit it later. You might like it. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed Pilgrim's Dole on the, like, give it a year break, go back to it. Your palate changes. You'll like it. A monster. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, so we'd like to remind everybody, this is our news-only show. But we do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And we will see you again next Saturday for our next live episode. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Next time being in like 30 minutes. Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>